We are in our last of seven messages on the I am's. We have gone through the Gospel of John and picked out, I mean, there's I am's throughout John, but these particular seven seem to be the key representations that Jesus himself spoke about that we can understand our salvation, our status in him, his position with the Father, and bringing us along into that relationship. It's not that these I am's are literal in the sense of, like the one we're talking about today, Jesus is not a grapevine, but it is a picture of what he is to us who believe, who follow him, and what our position is as a grapevine. And we'll explain that as we go along. So just bringing you up to speed here, those of you who are visitors and new, we'll go through the list of the seven and stop at the seventh one to be able to explain what it is that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And we live in him and we bear fruit for him. Let's just pray. Father, we just give you this time with our hearts and our minds, our spirits, that you would speak to us intimately. And for those who this is a fresh message and you've never heard this before, we just pray that your heart and your spirit would come alive to who Jesus Christ really is. And for the rest of us, Lord Jesus, we just pray we would grow in our capacity and in our fruitfulness and in what you desire for us in our lives here on this earth. We give you all praise and thanks and we honor your word now. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus was with his disciples and he was realizing and understanding that he would soon leave his disciples and go to the cross. But he wanted to leave them with those thoughts, with the truths of who he is and who we are. And so he gave these just the night before, or the day of Jesus' crucifixion. And so this set of I am's are for us as believers, truth. It is what we base our Christian life, our relationship on. These are not just frivolous or, well, it's just an illustration. No, these are speaking of actualities in our life, truths of who Jesus Christ is and what our relationship is with him. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, in John 15. Let's read that. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, so that it may bear more fruit. 
You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Quite a passage, quite a declaration. And we thank the Lord for that. Let's just review the seven. I am the bread of life, Jesus said, which was at the time in which he had fed the 5,000. I am the light of the world, he says. I am the door of the sheep. He is the shepherd, the good shepherd. And we saw the sheep pen, which was a rock structure in a almost a full circle, but with a gap in the very front of it where the sheep were able to go in and out. But there was no door. The door actually was the shepherd. He is the door of the sheep. As the shepherd at night with all of his sheep within the sheepfold would lie down in front of the opening for protection so that no wild beast or robber or thief would come in. Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. Then he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd because he lays down his life for the sheep. And then he declares at the occasion of Lazarus's death, I am the resurrection and the life. And he calls to Lazarus, rise up, come out. And Lazarus is alive and comes back into his family. But you know what? Lazarus died again. We looked at death and what that is about. And in this country, in this society, death is like a cloud that is palpable. You can feel it here in this country. Perhaps if you were here for the first time, you feel something in the air in Japan. And it is that death shroud over this land. And I believe this is one of the things that we need to break through as the church and really understand how to set our friends free. And there are many of you 
who understand this and know that your family still are caught in that shroud and need to know the Savior before it's too late. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And then I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says, which is, again, a truth that we find him and we find the way to the eternal city, to our inheritance, to where we should be as his people, every one of us, every man, woman, and child on this globe, Jesus died for and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he laid down his life for every man, woman, and child in all generations. That is the gospel. And that's the message we need to get, not only to this nation, but all the nations of the world. And then he says, I am the true vine. And what we just read of John 15, when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches, is very close in meaning and implication to, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But Jesus takes the truth of chapter 14 to another level of reality and definition in chapter 15 with this declaration, implying a more intimate relationship personally with him to the Father. The truth of chapter 14 is extended into this relationship and connectedness of our life in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ as is the branch to the vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. Our first point is abiding. That is a curious word. It is a somewhat archaic word, but we still use it. And it is a word which has great meaning to the point where we identify with this word when we say, I exist. And basically, that's what Jesus was saying. Remember we talked about this when he says, I am. He's saying, I exist. And he's passing this along to us where he says, you are the branches and we exist in that relationship intimately with him so that his life is flowing through us and out through us to produce fruit. And there's one test of whether you're a true believer or not. And that is that you produce fruit. So if you have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and maybe it was a long time ago, or maybe it was just recently, you are intimately attached, placed in that vine. And from that relationship comes fruit. And in this case, we're talking about grapes. And abiding is probably the only word that the NASB translators could come up with, and they just stayed with the one old word, abide or abiding. But I think it says a lot, and we need to 
think of that word as a throwaway word, but it is something that we embrace. And I think you'll understand as we go along here what I'm talking about. And then there's the word bearing. And we don't use that word much either. You might say, well, my wife bore a child. Bearing is really producing. This word is a good word also. And I hope that it gets packed full of color and tone and understanding through this message in John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine. You know, vines are a, a very curious thing. And I think, by the way, when Jesus came up with this, he hadn't been talking with the disciples about vines. And as they were headed from the upper room, the night before Jesus was crucified, they were walking up to the Garden of Gethsemane. And I understand that there are grapevines, vineyards around Jerusalem in that area. And Jesus must have seen a vineyard and a vine. And he took that illustration to hammer home to his disciples. He'd been telling them, I am, I am, I am. And this was his crowning illustration of who he is and who we are. He is the vine and his father is the gardener. And then he was very concerned about these 11 that he had chosen. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. And that's what happens with a true gardener and a person who understands how grapes should grow and how they grow and how they are fruitful. But the gardener is looking for fruit. And in this first section, that is the emphasis, is on the fruit, on bearing fruit. And when we get down to verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. It seems to be out of context. Immediately, my mind went to Jesus washing their feet. But I don't think that's what that is. It's not about washing feet. Because Peter said to him, don't wash my feet, Lord. And Jesus said, if I don't wash, you're not part of me. And then Peter says, give me an overall, get, get me washed all clean. And Jesus says, that's not necessary. You're clean through the word that I've spoken to you. So what is Jesus talking about here? When he uses the word, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Just exactly what he's been sharing with them. These I am's are so, so important and relevant to us, and especially this one. So that we know that we are producing Christians. In other words, we are able to share our testimony, and amazingly, they say, really, can you tell me more? 
I'd like to understand who this Jesus is that you're talking about. Yes, I would love to sit and talk with you and let's have a Bible study together. That is what it means, I believe. The fruit is obvious. The fruit is what Jesus is looking for. And he has set us apart as his branches so that we would bear fruit. And that is what's happened to make this congregation exist in this place was through the testimony of another and another and another and another. So that this actual church has been here for 38 years as a Japanese department and as an English department. It started with a Japanese pastor, Pastor Furiyama, and Stan Conrad, a free church missionary. That is what God started here, and he's not finished yet in this place. In verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. I'm not saying this to build us up and bring Jesus down. But what Jesus is saying is that if you abide in me, I will abide in you. And the exchange of life that goes on and the fruit comes from Jesus Christ, the vine, into the branches and out in the fruit of what remains to be seen, enjoyed, and relished by those that are harvesting and eating of its fruit. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you, unless you abide in me. Very, very important. The next verses here, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. And the much is relevant. There's no measurement here other than bearing much fruit. Nobody's weighing how many pounds. Nobody's understanding, well, this made so many gallons of wine. That's not being calculated. What is calculated is you are bearing fruit. And you may be someone who just is coming alongside a Sunday school teacher and that person is really gifted and you're just helping them. Uh-uh, nobody's measuring how much fruit there is there. It just says much. Much is more than nothing. And if you're a Christian that's not producing, that is serious. And we need to be serious about our Christian life. It's not just to come here and enjoy being among friends who love you and care for you, but you need to be close to Jesus and allowing his life, his word, to flow through your life. There will be fruit according to this word. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch, dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. And Jesus said, If you abide in me, and my words 
Abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And I would like to put in front of you, ask for fruit. Seek fruit that people will come and hear from you your small testimony of who you are. Anyone that comes and asks, receives, and he will not turn you away. And then he says, my father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit. And who gets the credit for it? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gets the credit. And so prove to be my disciples. And all glory and praise to our Savior. Not only did he die for us, but he has a reward in his church, in his bride, in his Father's vineyard. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. It's only natural. What is fun these days for Katie and I, and I think it's kind of the crown of what we're doing these days as far as the outside of church business that we do, we get to counsel young couples who want to get married. Wow. There's lots of life there. And it is a joy for us to share about the life of Jesus Christ in them as they come together and their fruitfulness. And so we're going to have a wedding next month. Just as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Live, exist in my love. That's what he's saying. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What a legacy we have. What an honor we have as believers in the living God, Creator God. What a heritage we have in our Lord Jesus Christ, who is passing on to us that fruit that we can bring him glory and praise. And won't it be so, so grand as what we read about and studied about in our Revelation series, when the church, when the body of Christ comes together and we're there as multitude of nations standing around the throne and giving praise to the Lamb and to the Father. I look forward to meeting you all there. That will be the grandest day, grandest eternity that we will spend together. So get used to being together, okay? Get along with one another because it's about his love, not ours or our ability to express love but it's in his love and his life in us. And we give credit and glory and praise to him. These things I have spoken to you, Jesus says, so that my joy may be in you and that 
your joy may be full. Amen. May this series of I am's, go back and look through those. I think they're very important to us these days, particularly for our generation now. Can I just close this in prayer? Father, we thank you for this word of encouragement. We thank you for what is to be a postlude to this service, and that is the baptism service of these who have put their trust in you and are following in obedience to demonstrate to us dying to self and living in Christ, being raised up to eternal life. Bless them now, we pray, and bless all of us as we witness this. In Jesus' name, amen.